Welcome to Focal Point, the podcast where we discuss the artists, themes, and processes that define, as well as delightfully disrupt, the world of contemporary photography. My name is Asha Iman Veal, and I'm Associate Curator at the Museum of Contemporary Photography here at Columbia College, Chicago. It is an honor today to host two truly wonderful guests. So the Pulitzer Prize-winning photojournalist John H. White is well known for his photographs of life in the city of Chicago, Illinois, U.S. Again, thank you for being here today, John White. The legacy you've created as a photographer for the Chicago Daily News, Chicago Sun-Times, as well as your work as a professor at Columbia College Chicago and Northwestern University is incredible. This amongst many other awards, appointments, and special projects. Your collaboration as part of the Documerica series commissioned by the Environmental Protection Agency in the 1970s remains legendary as a body of work documenting the history of Chicago's Black American community. Johnny Pitts, I believe, is an admirer of this project as well, yes? Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, So to my right, photographer and writer Johnny Pitts is the author of the nonfiction narrative book, Afropean Travels in Black Europe, for which he has been awarded the Leipzig Book Prize for European Understanding, as well as the inaugural Ampersand PhotoWorks Fellowship 2021-2022. Pitt's adjacent eponymous photo series, Afropean, brings together the translocal community of Black and Afro-diasporic Europe through a photographic bricolage of countenances and countries. So for about 10 years, Johnny, you've worked through documentary street photography to record daily lives of Black Europeans in cities including Berlin, Brussels, Kiev, Lisbon, London, Stockholm, and many more. And this is a full body of more than 125 photographs. Yes. Yeah, I believe um, the the photographs that we're dealing with in in, in our exhibition together is is about that. But the actual full collection is probably about 10,000. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing work you've done. Um, So as Johnny has stated, his series Afropean is currently on view here in Chicago at the Museum of Contemporary Photography as part of the recently opened exhibition, Beautiful Diaspora, You Are Not the Lesser Part, on view through June 20th. This exhibition brings together 15 global artists of color who together challenge notions of global segregation and dividing lines. Artists of color are coming together from Europe, the Philippines, Mexico, Ghana, the US, and more. All right, so today on Focal Point, it is a delight to discuss a photographic work that each of you has chosen from the MOCP's permanent collection, why these works are inspiring and something that you'd like to be in conversation about together, as well as discussing your own practices and projects. All right, Uh, we have a special treat and some images to share with you, Johnny, if um, John White would like to go first and speaking about today, looking at the work of Gordon Parks and the friendship you had as well as being a colleague. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm listening to you reading about John H. White. That's me. Makes it like makes me feel like a uh, uh, even though I cared about being two or twelve years old. Like really, all those <laughs> those things. But uh, I'm excited. Let me can I say something before we get to the Gordon Parks? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, listen to you talk about Johnny. 
uh, my first thought is that, you know, we, what we do, the world is our playground. This thing called photography, uh, and it is something that everybody in the world can relate to, whether they read or write, uh, educated, uneducated, rich, poor, everybody understands the language of photography. And uh, can I just say some other? Yeah. I did not want to talk about the one part, but no. the first thing I did when I, when I arrived here, I had an opportunity to uh, look at your work. And uh, you capture work, but your work captures the hearts and minds of humanity. And your work is a portrait of humanity. And it shows that you have an affair with, with life and people and angles and photography. And, you know, as someone who loves photography and loves working with students and people, uh, it displayed that rookie spirit, the rookie spirit, the rookie spirit. And so it's like, for me, to see that right away, uh, it gives me a, a photographic oomph. Old-time old time photographers would say, when they got a really great picture, a great print, it's oomph, it's oomph. So it gives them that. And so I, I'm excited about that, and I'm excited to uh, to uh, share this time with you. The other thing is, you know, uh, earlier you said we have John and Johnny, Johnny John. Well, but of course my name is John, but when, when, I, when I was growing up, and I have completely grown up, uh, when my parents really wanted to say something to be serious, they wanted to get some attention, they would give me some advice, they would say, Johnny. And every time they said Johnny, I knew I had to listen. <laughs> I knew it was important. So everything you say is important. <laughs> okay. Uh, th th thank you, uh, John. That, that it means the, the world uh, to hear that. And 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 um, you said, you know, rookie spirit. Um, these photographs were. It's really my early work, and it was taken on a cheap camera. And um, and and you know, it's me um, going out there with just uh, very few uh resources trying to make work so i really appreciate that you can um that you can appreciate uh that kind of uh yeah i like that rookie spirit and just to add um it's so funny that actually when my parents would want to speak seriously to me they wouldn't call me johnny they'd call me john <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a connection <laughs> And the the other thing you just mentioned, you know, the the the, the cheap camera. Uh, I I wear my camera every day and everywhere. And, and I, somebody asked me yesterday. I was in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a line, and somebody said, uh, "Oh, what kind of camera is that? I said, what kind of, what camera do you use?" And I turned around. and I said, "The camera of my heart." Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean this one too? Oh, yeah, that works too. But the camera's my heart. And, and 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 those images that you capture, you capture that with the camera of your heart. I mean, you could. My first camera cost fifty cents and ten bubblegum wrappers, a bazooka bubblegum camera, and mm -hmm. I took pictures of that. It's the it's 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 the it's the heart. It's the camera, the heart that's connected to the spirit of humanity and life. What you see, what you feel, you capture it. Others feel it and see it too. That's the power of photography, and that's the gift of photography because everybody understands that language, and you have that. You have you you have. You have a responsibility. You're blessed to see. You're blessed to feel. And, you, and, and that work then is great. Now you're, you're, you're maintaining the, the prose eye, the mm -hmm. prose eye. 
So you're 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 continue to uh, soar high like eagles. Mm -hmm. Thank you, John. That means a lot. It's interesting when I'm hearing you speak. Um, uh, I'm I'm thinking of a, a rare interview that I heard with Roy Decarava, where he taught where where the interviewer asks him, "What do you think the great photographers uh, have in common?" And I think the interviewer thought that Roy Decarava was being a little bit facetious with his answer, but he wasn't. Roy said, you know, uh, what they have in common is desire, you know, desire to make the work. And I thought that was a really simple yet profound answer, um, thinking of that notion of desire. And also thinking of uh, what Decarava was doing, um, you know, with, with the group of photographers around him, uh, you know, people like Ming Smith later on, and, um, and, and, and then uh, another photographer, African-American photographer Stanley Green called called this lineage the uh, the um, photographing at the edge of failure and that's what I feel like you get with uh, a lot of these images uh, of my work is photographs that uh, you know are on the edge of failure because I'm, I'm grappling constantly with the uh, the cheap equipment I have but um, but you know sometimes uh, almost a bit like uh, hip-hop or you know sometimes it's the the, the lack of resources can um, can help you build a, a your own kind of aesthetic and that's what i hope has happened with my work but certainly i feel has happened with many black photographers who have had to come at photography from the periphery they make the work anyway and it has its own kind of uh oh it has its own feeling uh this 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 notion of, uh, of this 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 work on the edge of failure blurs and cracks which actually turn out to be sometimes very beautiful well you know old timers you look at you look. They had a, a speed graphic, for instance, and for speed graphic, you only had two holes, two shots. You did you get one shot? You had to turn it over another side, slide. And they had all these great pictures. You look at all the history books and they look at the, the images in history, history. And you would ask them, and I would ask them. You know, they, I heard so many times when I was working with them. Uh, uh, how did you get that great picture? And they, this is what they would say: F eight be there. F8, be there. They didn't say be, be there, they said be there. And what they meant was, okay, first, you know, F8 was, uh, before speed graph, it was like a, a, a F-stop, you get the maximum depth of field, and if, it, if it's not underexposed, overexposed, you're still safe. But you have to be there. You have to be there. And, there, and, and, and I think that people, they're, they're for tyrants, are, 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 just like thunder and lightning. Thunder doesn't do a thing but make noise. Lightning, you know, you know the history of lightning. And that's what, that's what that's that's what you're doing. You 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 can't publish the excuse. You have to be a doors, ants or doors. I've never seen that in the store in Chicago. And so I think I think what you're doing is is really uh, magnificent. But you put in action. You put in wings to your dreams. You put in feet to your your, your dreams. And so you're you're going to continue to do it, and, and, and then others going to do. And not only that, you're what you're captured a moment you captured today. You're not going to be here 200 years from now, but the moment you capture today will be. And so you're serving the generations now. People are going to come in this museum here in Chicago at the Columbia College, and they're going to see all this great work, and they're going to go out, and, and they're going to be, have the nutrition of what you're doing. And so you're planting seeds, and seeds grow when they're planted in good soil, and that's the amount of people. So I think, I, I think you know, I think... For me, for instance, I'm, I'm so thankful for many things, but I'm thankful for the gift of longevity, for instance. Uh, and I've been, you know, experienced uh, 
I've not had one life. I've lived many lives. Been around the world. I've been shot at. I've been attacked. I've been, I, I, you know, traveled with Pope, presidents, and things of this nature. And I'm still doing what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and and so, all right, you you have to stay focused on. I, I think I, I use three F words: faith, focus, and flight. You have to stay focused. You have to be faithful to what you're doing and focus on prioritizing the priorities. And these are this thing called time, this precious gift called time, for a time. And then you have to keep it flight, you have to just do it. I'm sorry, you're talking to me. No, not at all. It's fascinating to, to hear you talk, John, um, because you know, I, I, you know, your work has, uh, has been a big inspiration to me um, and, and the way that you deal. So, uh, you know, your work has this interesting quality in that it's it's not it's not romantic, but there's a deep empathy there. So, with other photographers' gazes, a, a place like the Cabrini Green projects, but with your tender touch and with the, what you talk about, with, with, you know, shoot, photographing with your heart, uh, you get such a, a nuanced uh, depiction of that community uh, that I just uh, I've really taken with me um, as as inspiration. Well, everybody, the first thing I do is when I, when I walk into my class and I, and I take the time to meet every person in there because we're, we're, we're human. Everybody you see in life is somebody. Everybody you see in life spent nine months in the mother's womb. Everybody you see needs air, love. Uh, and, and so we have to first understand the humanity. And when I capture this, when I'm doing a story, and and, and I have this, these moments, I I'm, I'm the conduit for telling their stories. If I don't tell the story, if you don't tell the story, who's gonna tell the story? You see what I mean? But uh, the story, it's, it's so so that's a, that's a tremendous responsibility. So I think going into it, look, that this is this is somebody, a cre- a creature of, of the creator. And they're special. Everybody you see can do something better than you, even if it's a robber. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think I think you know going into life and seeing people with that respect and things of this nature. And when I when I when, I hope that someday when when somebody can walk into a place and look at my work like they look at your work, and and, and say, oh, I, I feel that they're there. Yeah, they're there. Mm-hmm. They're part of that. It's like the story. You know the end of the story, but you're sti- you're living the story. And I think that's what brings, uh, when I look at the, the, the work and I think about uh, the content, the moments, but I also think about the, the graphics, the graphics, you know, uh, the nutrition of that inspiration that you're given. And I think that's important. And, 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 and that doesn't, you know, that, that comes from who you are and your mission, your purpose. But I can't, I, I'd like to hear more about, uh, yeah, your, your relationship with the, uh, with Gordon Parks, actually, you mentioned Gordon Parks, and um, uh, when I was looking through the archive, I was I was tempted to uh, choose one of the Gordon Parks images, but I thought maybe that would be too obvious for me to do that. On the one hand, but then on the other hand, I thought that maybe, you know, Gordon Parks' work might you might have something to say about it. Well, first, I love Gordon Parks. Gordon Parks, they're like like brothers, and. Uh, but he has so many great images, but but he gave me a copy, original copy of the, uh, the Gothic, you know the the, 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 
the work with the broom, in the, the broom with the mop. He gave me a signed copy of that. And my other photograph of him that he took, is, is, and I love it, because we, we shared a good friendship with Muhammad Ali, and the great picture of Muhammad Ali. Uh, I love that picture. I love that picture. I love that picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <laughs> but I would love to hang with Gordon. We used to do seminars together, and Gordon has this voice. And uh, you know, and then when I when I, when I follow, I would hate to follow him speaking because nobody gets to follow Gordon Park speaking. And and he was one of the few people that made me cry when when he when he would speak. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we're doing the workshops, and I've heard his speech several times. And and I I, I don't want anybody to bother me. I just want to get along and walk and reflect. And you said something earlier about uh, that, that made me think about it, like a Gordon Park thing. One time he called me and he said, uh, John. He would call me often. He encouraged me. He said, "No, shoot, uh, shoot from the edge." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, uh, "You, you know, you, you do this, you do that. That's good, and, and it's things like that. But you want to like, like put a put another grip a grip to it." And he said, "Then what's going to happen is eighty five percent of you do when you do that. Eighty five percent is not going to be, you know, really on a scale of one to ten or hundred. But that fifteen percent." It's gonna be magical, and so he, he he would give you this like a good coach, give you these prescriptions to, to keep on. But but uh, the, the, he said he said a lot of things. But the greatest thing he said to me, not the greatest thing, but one of the things that uh, uh, on the archive of my uh, soul is I asked him the last conversation we had because I was going to do uh, some words about him in an exhibit of his. So what do I tell the people? What do I tell the world? What do I tell the people that you said, Gordon? He says, John, tell them love, love, love. They're thinking, okay, what's so profound about that? You know, that's what I was thinking of. And then later I asked the same question, and he says, John, tell them love, love, love. And I thought about that. And the teleprompter in my soul at that middle of the night said, okay, what is this? What is love? Love for life. Love for others, love what you do, and that's the that's that's the that's that's the fuel that would f- keep him in flight. And he he lived, you know. One of my friends, I did two books on Cardinal Bernardi. You know, he was a big, you know, he was a good holy man and things of this nature, which is really good. But he said something that made me really think. And he said was, "My life is an open book. My life is an open book." And he's going, Gordon's going. And people still reading the pages of this book about how to take pictures, how to do this, how to live, how to remember the poor, the needed, the less fortunate, the big names, the things of this nature. And so we have this affair. Every day, every, every freaking day, I have an affair with life. I went for a walk yesterday, and I think I got one of the best pictures I've ever taken. Uh, uh, goose, geese, goose, geese, goose. Birds mm. in flight. Mm. You know, it was just like, you know, but 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 that's and it's not for me. I don't do this for me. I do it for others. I do it for others. And so so I think that we have we have a responsibility because we are visual people, uh, regardless of what the title they call us with these this nature, to be visual servants, to be the eyes for humanity, the eyes for the world, the world see through our eyes, and then let other people know that dirty, you know, you know, you see something. Shoot the shoot the picture. <laughs> you you know you can, you know you know if it's a raindrop, if it's a shadows, uh, like like the pandemic for instance. 
uh, we, we were not in class and we had to do things with Zoom. Uh, and some of the best pictures were the shutters in the window at home. There's a picture to everything, to everything's a picture. And so it's that spirit, is that, uh, I call it PJ, photojournalism spirit. And uh, I think that's what's keeping it alive. But here's a picture of uh, uh, Gordon. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, that's a, that's, he, he always smoked a lot. Like He, liked, he loved his pipes. That's great. And this is this is one of he and uh, and I in his he and, he and I in, in uh, his apartment in New York, you know the plaza. Wow, and, amazing! Uh, so I I uh, I did a time. You know here you know, here's Gordon. You know, he's he's a great great musician, great everything, right? And so uh, uh, <laughs> so I put the camera on a near near a lamp or something. Then I put it on time and ran back over there. And here's this great creative man. He said. You know, John, I still can't figure out how you do that. <laughs> but he's, he, but he's, he, he loved people, and there was a serious side to it, serious side to him. But he, he, he produced. You know, I think that I, there's there's action, and there's inaction. You know, action and inaction. And I don't want to be guilty at the end of my flight in life to say, okay. Everything I do was was action, not inaction. Mm. Mm. Where do you think that came from, uh, John? Because um, something that I grapple with um, is a kind of it's not that I not laziness, but a kind of inertia. And I feel like I left school um, feeling unconfident and I see it I saw it in a lot of people around me is a kind of crippling inertia feeling that there was no point in acting because there was it wouldn't lead to anything that where I grew up that was the general feeling and and I, I just I sometimes yeah just wonder I mean why, why I act uh, I don't know where, where that came from but what 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 made you move what what made you act well first I, I think there's some basic things that for me you know that I live, I live by. My father was a, was a great, really minister. My mother was. My mother, my father said, make a, make a friend a day. Yeah. No one was ever strangers to my mother. And right now, I, I, I feel mouthed and everything like that, you know. But if my mouth is correct at this moment, there are between seven and eight billion people on the planet, right this moment. More people, more there are more people living than all the people that have died. It's like it's like there's one sun, one moon, and one Johnny Pitts. A splendor of light. And what you have to do, or your purpose on earth is as important as any person. And if 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 you if you did not do that, did the world be incomplete? If you take a, you take a box of a hundred pieces of puzzle, you take one piece out, it's incomplete. And so, each person has something to do. We don't always, and people don't know what, some always know what it is. But the pursuit of that, every day I get up, every day, it's a gift. And I recognize that. And every day, at the end of the day, whatever happens that day, I say I have it. If, I ha if, if it happened, I have it. But it's not for me. 
how many people get out and feel the feel the wind against their face or the raindrops, or ride in the motorcade with the president, or or, or capture the love of uh, somebody walking the dog or whatever? I do that for others. I mean, I've been I've been, I've been in a housing unit, and I get elevator goes to the eighth floor, and there's this uh, old man. I like calling people old because they call me old. Old guy number two. And, and his, the only thing he had to do that day was to sit and watch the elevator double uh, and see what would stop and things of this nature. And so I had a chance to say hello to him, something. And so they give that somebody this. But we don't belong to ourselves. You and I and people with the camera, picture-taking people, have this, the world for the playground. And we have to, because, because, uh, uh, each flight has an end. Each flight has a runway. You know, and the thing about journalists, you know, being a journalist for, 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 every day for 44 years, or longer than that, but every day on the screen, 44 years, uh, I see life and death in the bleak of an eye. And, 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 and so we have this, thing, this heartbeat, and we have to use it for the benefit of humanity. We have a gift and a talent. And talent unused loses usefulness. Talent used is magnified and multiplied. I believe that with all my heart. Johnny, could you tell us a little bit about the images you chose from the MOCP permanent collection? And then let's keep the conversation flowing, please. Yeah. Well, you know, I, John describes himself as, as a journalist, but I see him uh, at least as much um, a poet with a camera, uh, you know, as a journalist. Um, and I think that a lot of the work that really inspires me is is work that that kind of deals with a, a kind of visual uh, poetry. Um, so I picked a, a couple of um, images that I knew well um, from the collection, and that I was that was really delighted to see there. Um, I mean, a book that really inspired me as I was um, I was putting this body of work together for Afropean is called uh, The Passengers of the Royce Express, and it's by uh, uh, Francois Maspero, who's a, a leftist uh, writer and, and, and publisher who was actually responsible for first publishing Franz Fanon's uh, Wretched of the Earth uh, in, in France. Um, and he teamed up with uh, a photographer who's little known but brilliant called Anique France to document life in, in the French suburbs. and which are, I suppose, like the uh, the projects in the States, you know, and this is in the late 80s. And um, he writes of how difficult it was to explain suffering in in the kind of postmodern era. So this is not the, the kind of picturesque squalor that somebody like uh, Robert Duano was, uh, was capturing in the 1930s, the poverty that was clearly visible. But th this was suffering that was kind of, Hidden uh, behind uh, smooth walls that was that was, I don't know, pensive and and, and insular, and um and and the and the photograph is is by Andre Cortège, uh, which incidentally was taken in Martinique, the birthplace of of Franz Fanon, and and I felt that that was one of the first times I saw a picture where I felt like he found a way to display how how suffering feels, you know, rather than just what it looks like, you know, suffering behind straight lines um and, and what's interesting about this picture is that it's uh, it's it's late on in Cortez's career you know it's taken in the in the early 70s shortly after he'd, he'd lost his uh, his long-term partner his, his wife Elizabeth 
And um, and what you see, I think, in this picture is a, a man out of sync with with the world uh, around him. You know, a deep loneliness, and and you know what that that that, that perspex that is. I think it, I believe it's a self portrait, and that he must have used the timer uh, to take that picture, and. Um, and you know what that perspex looks and feels and sm and smells like in that image. Um, I feel like it's a very cerebral and strange image. And 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 something else that I want to say about this image is that I feel like he's one of a, many photographers who are making new work after the, the the traditional retirement age. Was making. I think he was in his late seventies when he made this photograph, and I keep thinking over and over again when I see the late work of photographers um, that that somebody needs to put like an exhibition together of new work by photographers over sixty-five, because you get this 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 astonishing poetry. I find very often uh, it's work that's gentler and more. Allegorical in their work, and this for me is not a, not a typical cortege photograph, uh, and but which is why I find it so uh, you know astonishing and uh, and yeah one of one of the few photographs that really changed how I saw things. I, th I think the audience would love to hear Johnny. Um, folks that will come out to see the exhibition, beautiful diaspora, you are not the lesser part. Could you tell them a little bit about Afropean and the work that you have included in the show? Yeah, so so this work was was taken. Most of it was taken probably between two thousand and ten and and two thousand and fifteen, um, and it was me trying to grapple with uh, with uh, I guess my own identity on the one hand, but also a a, a creeping disjunction I saw in Europe happening um, in the wake of the financial crash in in two thousand and eight. And seeing the rise in racism, and seeing the uh, the notion of who is European being questioned more than ever. Um, you know, I'm talking about like the lead up to Brexit here, where Britain left left the EU. And uh, what had sustained me growing up was to think, on the one hand, that I'm Black British, and on the other hand, that I'm part of something larger than this small insular island. That I'm a part of of Europe, and that I'm a part of Africa. And I would constantly think of of Africa in Europe. That the many communities, you know, we have a huge Jamaican community in Britain. We have a we have now a, a large Nigerian community, Somalian community. But you know, there's strength in numbers, and I knew that there was a huge uh, Eritrean community in Stockholm. Uh, you know, a, a big Surinamese community in Amsterdam. And for me, it was about building something translocal um, through my writing, but 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 visually to try and think. I mean, my, my father is African-American. He's from uh, Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn. And I saw that, you know, Teju Cole has been on this podcast uh, recently and something, he said something really interesting. He said, Brooklyn is one of the world's great African cities. And I thought that's a very compelling statement. Um, and and I, th I felt that my dad, even though uh, through the transatlantic slavery, had, we'd had Africa robbed from us, uh, my dad still had this thing that he could anchor himself to that was Bed-Stuy, that was Brooklyn, that was this, this African city. For, for me, I, I feel like I never really had that. And so it was searching for uh, 
these African cities in Europe, search, searching for something bigger than than, than my own local community um, that, that 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 I could call a cultural foundation. Um, and that's really where this this work emerged from, and, and, and that's what I'm trying to do visually in the work. It's not uh, just about black people in Europe, but about this blur of identity that you see, uh, especially in the wake of colonialism. Um, you know, uh, this blur of identity, and 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 how I'm playing very often with uh, with European stereotypes, and then trying to subvert them. So there are pictures of of um, people. In, in a beret stood outside uh, the Eiffel Tower, but they're black, you know, because they're, they're European, they're French too, you know? And, and that's what I was constantly playing with is the iconography that so often gets reduced to a kind of uh, ethnic nationalism. You remind me of a, so a quote, a biblical quote that says, to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is expected. You have so many gifts. And, and uh, you're using them. Uh, I remember, I remember one time uh, we were in, in our, we were we lived in Kannapolis, North Carolina at the time, and we went to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is like 39 miles away. Charlotte's a big city, and visited uncle there. And we, we came back, and I was so excited. I was telling people, "We went to Charlotte. We went to Charlotte." And my father shocked me. He shocked me. He said, "Johnny, the world is bigger than Charlotte." I said, oh my God, how can any place be bigger than Charlotte? I saw a six-story building there. And, and that's why my father said another thing that it applies to people like you. He said, a whale, a whale, a big whale, has yeah. no, it doesn't swim in a pond or a creek or a river. It swims in the ocean. That's what the, you know, and the world is your ocean. You have all these gifts and all these tools, your 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 intellect, and all these things, and so you've been given much, and, and you're, you you owe the world much, because if you don't, then who will? Who can see and feel what you see and feel? Your roots and your wings. You see, so that's a that, you're, you're a gift to humanity. I, I love that your, your roots are your wings, yeah, and that's something that like I feel. Uh, is great about this uh, thinking of the notion of diaspora um, as as it, as it especially applies to photography that, that you're putting together, Asha. Because I feel that uh, you know it's it's people whose roots have wings, and, and it shows the, the 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 complexity and beauty and but expansiveness of of what it means uh, to, to be black. I remember Michael Eric Dyson said. Uh, once he came, he said something that I'll never forget. He wrote in in a book uh, by Tory. He said, uh, "The key is to be rooted in, but not restricted by blackness." And I thought that's that's a really interesting thing. Uh, and he and he was talking in in, in response to uh, this idea that um, the black people couldn't or shouldn't do certain things. You know um, that, that 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 which you you get a lot of. You know you know can a, can a black person be a photographer, um, a writer, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I grew up with. And, um, and, and that's something that needs to be challenged because blackness need not be a baggage. It, it, could, it could be a passport, you know? Well, I still go to places and people, I, I, you know, people uh, question my, uh, what's the word, authentic, you know, yeah. and I have a, I have a 
Chicago police press pass over it. Have two or three cameras and tie at these. It's like and, and respecting somebody from the paper, for instance. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's very painful for me. It's very painful for me. But I, I know that, uh, and I have to, I have to endure, endure that. But I can't curse darkness. I have to light candles. And I find that all over the world, but especially right here in, my, in, in the city of Chicago. And how do I handle that? So I, I want to be an ambassador for, for love to, to, to uh, be that lip lighter or that 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 change that darkness and so it it hurts it hurts so much but it, you know so if i don't if i handle it the way that people are handling me then i become like them those who don't see those who 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 don't have hearts or see through hearts and so that's why this thing called love the only thing that's greater than love is more love double dose of love This is maybe a moment again to think about the title of the exhibition, Beautiful Diaspora, You Are Not the Lesser Part. That second half is refuting, um, accepting the label of minority. I think it's something that can come upon lots of different people for lots of different reasons externally. And the thing I think you're both discussing as well is to never internalize that, to never internalize that sense of minority. And with Beautiful Diaspora, the way that Johnny's describing um, communities across continents and connections and even looking at the things we've said today and thinking about your work in Chicago and beyond, the more that we love each other and the more that we stand together, I think it's um, the way that you speak so much, John White, about that flight and that fight, that's how it happens. It's coming together and never taking in those messages and seeing that I think through the space of exhibition and through photography and art is how it catches fire in the minds of others as well. So it's those seeds, I think, in both of your work that's so amazing how you're planting these seeds and they're just growing. We can make our own soil that's healthy, I think. I will give you an assignment, okay? Okay. Keep it flight. Okay. Keep it flight. Okay. I'm going to take that with me. Thank you. I'll, um, I'm, I'm going to try and, um, and and stay focused. And I feel like I really need to hear a lot of what you what you're saying. You know, I've been a uh, I've been running a bit low and emptying, but it's just so good to remember what what you're doing this thing for, you know. Um, so so thank you for the for the, for the energy and the uh, the sustenance. Thank you for being you. I know that Johnny will come to town, and the two of you will be able to speak in person. I'm getting a signal from that we have to wrap our studio time, but this seems like a perfect moment. Is that all right if we wrap? Yeah, yeah, no. Thank you for your, your generosity, John. And, and like I say, it's, it was very, so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So thank you to our audience for listening to Focal Point. Focal Point is presented by the Museum of Contemporary Photography at Columbia College Chicago in partnership with WCRX-FM. Special thanks to the WCRX team, Matt Cunningham, Matthew Burton, and Jake Alonar. And an additional thanks, our music is by Zavi. To see the MOCP collection of photographic images discussed today, please visit mocp.org backslash focal point. You can also follow the Museum of Contemporary Photography on Facebook and Instagram at mocpshy and on Twitter at mocp underscore Chicago. Please come see the exhibition, Beautiful Diaspora, You Are Not the Lesser Part, and please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Focal Point anywhere you get your podcasts.